TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Danny trying to uh, figure out the baseball box scores from last night, also doing my tax estimated quarterly payments. I got the two of them mixed up, and I think I sent into the IRS three for four for uh, Garrett Jones for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I got mixed up a little bit. It is tax day tomorrow, my friend. Most importantly, before any sports, have you sent in your tax return? I have. I, I, I had to send a nice check to the federal government and a really? little bit smaller one to the... Uh, state government. Whether you pay it during the year or you pay it now, they're always going to find you. Contribution to the cause. On behalf of all of us out there, we appreciate your contribution. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm happy. I'm not happy to do it, but I have to do it. So. Oh, goodness. Sorry to start off with the bad news, but it is tax day tomorrow. But uh, on the sporting front at Danny Sternfield, lots going on, particularly here in the city of Chicago where our TalkZone.com Two Guys at a Mic show emanates from. We do thank everybody for... Uh, Check it in today and joining us wherever you might be. Our phone lines are open if you want to uh, communicate with myself and Mr. Danny Sternfield. 888-463-6748 is the phone number. Again, 888-463-6748. Lots of sports to talk about. We'll get off the sports page as well. More importantly, it's been about three months since we had you back in the studio. I don't know if you were on drug suspension, if our general manager, the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting, didn't like your work. Or if we lost your phone, I don't know what it is. But all I know is it's great to have you back, Danny Sternfield. Good to see you. I appreciate being here. I like I like doing it, and uh, I've done this show once, I think, in this new studio. That's it. And uh, Just once it is a it is a top notch operation they okay. have here. Um, so it's uh, I don't know. Today's the biggest day of the bowl season. After yesterday was the biggest day of the bowl season. <laughs> and we there's all kinds of stories going on with the Bulls. Most of it off the court. Some of it. On the court, but the NBA playoffs are uh, literally for the Bulls one game away. By the way, before we start breaking down the controversy that is the Chicago Bulls, since you've been in, since you've been in, they have installed cameras here. So the show is now being webcast. Danny Sternfield uh, in front of you, behind you, to the side of you. And we also have a thing called ground cam, which goes underneath the floor and checks you out from below, too. So be careful. But uh, the show is being webcast. So, um, Right, you are right out there for all the female fans. They're seeing us. They're hearing us. I showered, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, you're looking good. Look, I like that shirt, by the way. Very nice. What what material is that? Uh, is this velvet? No, this is just a, just a Nike shirt, just a, your, your standard tennis shirt, uh, casual. You know, I didn't want to get too – I didn't know all if you right. all wear suits and ties when you when you do the show. Or... No, no, no. You know, we're, we're business casual five days a week here, one hour a day, 10 to 11 every day. But you've, you that's that's – you're understating the uh, likeness of that shirt. I may have to. You don't mind at some point during the show if I reach over and touch it and feel it? Yeah, if as long I, I can't. I'm not going to take it off. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't asking you to go that far. All right, again, uh, you want to check in eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The coach and the young kid, the uh, young renegade here, Danny Sternfield. You can email us during the show also at Mike 
two guys at AOL.com. I'll read off some of the emails that come in. That's M-I-C, short for microphone. Mike and the number two. Mike, two guys. AOL.com. Danny, uh, uh, the Chicago Bulls won a huge game yesterday, but uh, a lot of the notoriety off the court. Yeah, uh, I'm on a minute limit, by the way. So I'm on a minute limit like Noah. So if I go okay. past 58 minutes, okay. I'm going to grab you by the tie. I'm going to start pushing you and poking you, and you're going to have to text the station manager to see if you can exceed that minute limit. Yeah, yesterday was the was the biggest game of the season for them. Today is now the biggest day of the season, the biggest game of the season, and it's really the most compelling storyline left in terms of the playoff chase because one team's going to get in, one team's not going to get in. Um, but this off the court stuff, I mean, I guess in a word, it's embarrassing. You know, I mean, the, the, the sad thing is that they might, if they do miss the playoffs, they'll miss it by a game. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that that game was the game in which there was a miscommunication between Del Negro, Paxson, Foreman on how many minutes Noah should play or, or I guess more specifically, whether he should exceed the minute limit he was placed. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's been following it, but I mean, the, the, the cliff notes is uh, Del Negro exceeded that minute limit. Uh, Paxson approached him after, I think, a March 30th game in at home against Phoenix, in which they lost. An altercation ensued. There was yelling. There was screaming. The players heard it. Now Reinsdorf's hired an independent attorney to investigate it. Casey Johnson of the Tribune held the story, which a lot of people are kind of, you know, questioning why he did that, mm-hmm. you know, whether his obligation as a journalist came first. But, uh, it, you know, it's too bad because if they do miss the playoffs, it, it, you could you could point to that game, those two games, which there was confusion. One, the Phoenix game, although I think they lost – they lost that game fair and square. The second was the New Jersey game in which they lost in double overtime recently. And as as you mentioned before the show, they were up seven in overtime. They should have won that. But Noah, and maybe it was because of the minute limit, was not in at the end of either regulation or the first overtime mm-hmm. when Brooke Lopez had a tip dunk. And you have to think Noah, one of the best rebounders in the league, would have been able to put a body, would have helped in that situation, might have prevented a, a you know a putback, which would have given the Bulls the win. I think they'd be they, they'd have clinched the playoff spot right now. So... It's it's in a, in a word it's embarrassing. I mean it's a it, this is a professional sports team and they can't get their mm-hmm. kind of ducks in a row. Never a good thing when your general manager, uh, the ex Bulls shooting guard, the very uh, used to be anyways popular, John Paxson. Uh, never a good thing when your general manager gets into a pushing, shoving. I don't know if you can call it an all out fight with your head coach. That's not a good thing. It was uh, it was behind doors and apparently Paxson. Was the one who put the finger or kind of grabbed, grabbed his, his tie grabbed a little his tie, bit, put, poked his put finger, the finger in his in chest, the chest yeah. and, and and I mean I don't know I, I would call it a an altercation yes. because he had to be restrained by two assistant coaches. Coaches, the players Were they in the office at the time, or did you they know they, they say in? that the details are going to start coming out okay. now that it's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of more of a blow by blow. But I think David Haas said he did the impossible packs and he made Del Negro look like a victim. I mean, Del Negro's been the state. I, I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Maybe some of our listeners can help me. Maybe you, Danny. Why people dislike Vinny Del Negro so much outside of the fact that, you know, the look with the hair and the bell-bottom oh, it's pants not... and stuff. But if you listen to him talk, if you watch his actions, pretty sharp guy, pretty intelligent guy. I mean, I consider myself fairly knowledgeable in basketball. When he breaks down the bulls, both positive and negative, and he tells it like it is, He's right on. Absolutely. The guy I, knows his basketball. He's pretty sharp. And I think, you know, Barkley's gone on record to support him. A lot of the kind of analysts, I think he's done a good job considering what he's had, mm-hmm. considering the injuries. I think the problem that people have with him, nothing to do with his appearance or his demeanor, is in-game coaching. He, he He's late-game situations. You can point to a lot of times where 
there hasn't been a good play that's been drawn up out of a timeout. He hasn't had the right personnel in. He hasn't double teamed or he hasn't, you know, kind of, uh, you know, adjusted with his defenses late in the game. So listen, he's only, you know, early forties. He's never been a head coach. That's gonna, that's gonna yeah. come. Well, first of all, on the bench last year, he had Del Harris, right? Yeah, I think and Bernie, was Bernie Bickerstaff. He still has this year. You got like 175 years of intelligent basketball minds behind you. So if it was a matter of X and Oing, or double teaming as they should have, Paul Pierce in the Boston Celtics series, uh, you know, now if you told me, you know, the assistant coaches were suggesting it, and Vinny Del Negro was going over their heads, I don't care what you guys say. This is what I'm doing. That's one thing I've never heard. And that kind of talk. So, you know, X and Oing, first of all, in the NBA, it doesn't mean a whole lot anyways. And second of all, he's got tons of experience on the bench that can help him in that category. So I think that diminishes that argument a bit. Well, I, I think two things he should get credit for. One, he did exactly what you said. He was smart enough or the Bulls were smart enough to hire people around him with experience. We know we have a young coach. He's the face. Right. But we're going to surround him by Bickerstaff, yeah. Del Harris. You know, these text winner types that have 50 years each of NBA experience. So he'll have the kind of uh, counsel in terms of game. Second is when he's gone, which he probably will be gone. And you, you have, if you're going to blame him, you have to credit him for the development of, of his players. Mm-hmm. In every interview, he mo- almost says the guys are developing. The guys are developing. Well, if you're going to blame him, you have to credit him in three years when Noah's a regular all-star, averaging 15 and 10. You have to credit him when Derrick Rose is the best point guard in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. in three years. He's the one that's... Giving been... uh, rookie Taj Gibson where a lot of other coaches might have uh, just played him a few minutes. He saw Taj could play, and he's given him the confidence to play legit extended minutes, and he's producing. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's, he's, you have to credit him for developing these guys, and, and it's going to pay off, unfortunately, when he's probably not here. I think it's a foregone conclusion, mm-hmm. that especially after what happened, he he's out. Uh, he's out at the end of the season. I don't think Paxson is out because I think he's got enough goodwill built up with Reinsdorf. And well, like you said, he was a likable guy as number five for the Bulls. Yeah, and, was. Uh, well, yeah, he's not anymore. But he, it's not enough to get to get him fired. And, uh, and he's not going to get fired. Now the the speculation, the thought process could be that John Paxson maybe should just uh, resign. And again, you got thoughts on this Chicago area fans or NBA fans, uh, a little off the court controversy here in Chicago. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. The phone number here, two guys at a mic show, but, uh, Danny, you know, for, for John Paxson's own good, he should resign. I've never seen a guy go from so upbeat and loved, spirited, likable because he was all those three he was loved by the chicago fans he takes over the gm job and all of a sudden it wasn't like flicking a switch but it was a fairly short period of time where he lost the joy he lost his spirit he lost his uh, love of the fans and love of the game he got so wrapped up type you look at him now he looks like a 65 year old guy ready to have a heart attack well i'm reminded of i think it was a year or two ago when there was a story about him he kind of wanted to step down, and then there was a rumor that he was stepping down. Then he they just changed his title, so maybe his heart wasn't in it. But on the other end, do you think there's do you think there's any part of of people fans of Bull, of the Bulls that I don't want to say like what happened, but look at him and say, you know what, we got a guy that 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 gives a you know what. We got we got a guy that you know I mean we got a guy that lives and dies for this team because that's how they feel about Kenny Williams. They love when he gets in front of us, stay out of White Sox business. You know, I mean, and he says, you know, I mean, this is a, we run our, you know, tight ship and, and it, they love that. They, they, they don't like Jim Henry, who's kind of just ho-hum and goes about filling Wrigley Field. So you disagree, but I think, I don't know, and, and I'd be interested to know what the callers say, 888-463-6748, if they feel at all 
that they look at him and say, you know what? I like this guy's got fire. This guy's got a lot of passion. Now, is it too much? Absolutely. It's unacceptable in pro sports. This is not, you know, you're not on the playground. You cannot go into somebody's office and, and instigate a physical yeah, altercation. Uh, you, you're a grown man. It's like childlike. Right. You, you, you can't put your hands on people. You can't start grabbing ties. Now, on the other end, and, and I'd be interested to know what you know and our listeners, do you, do you think he was not justified in, in putting his hands on Del Negro, justified in getting upset? Because in a way, I do. John Paxson is, is Del Negro's boss. He put out a mandate. He only plays 25 minutes a game. The box score came out. It's updated every minute. The end of the game, the buzzer sounded. The box score came to him 27 minutes and five seconds. You exceeded the minute. You disobeyed me. You went, you went against a direct order. And we're talking about a guy's, uh, a plantar fasciitis, which is like swept across Chicago sports. That's an injury where you exceed, you know, you, you, you go too far too quick. And next thing you know, you're sitting out the rest of the season. So I think he's justified in getting upset. No excuse for putting your hands on somebody. I, we don't know what the lead-up to all that was, too. I mean, there's so much, obviously, that we don't know. It's hard to judge on that particular uh, aspect if Vinny Del Negro was, like, purposely doing it just to... I think he was doing it, I just think... Just to jab away at Johnny Peck. We don't maybe. know. I yeah. think he was doing it to win, and I think it... it you, you, as a coach, you have to make a, a game-time decision. I mean, listen, you're a better team with Noah in, way better. On the other hand, Paxson's point of view is you're, 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 you, you know, you're dealing with his career here and the livelihood and, and the, and, you know, not the franchise, but you're dealing with a major component of our yeah. franchise. Two minutes, an extra two minutes, because it's really an extra like six minutes, right? Or ten minutes. You're up and down the court, you know. It, Maybe maybe he pulls something or maybe something tears more. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he's not back until January of next year. And whose fault is that? That's Del Negro. Yeah, so, yeah. meanwhile, tonight, biggest game of the season after last mm-hmm. night. I mean, back on the court. Yeah. Back to the games that we love, the uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, what, 82-game schedule? It comes down to a 81. I thought, by the way, the media and the press, I had to have David Olson, our outstanding producer, David, our producer once again, and uh, go on the Internet yesterday and actually check out what the tiebreaker was. Up until Marvelous Marv Albert told me about halfway through the game yesterday. Oh, oh I knew it was. I had no idea it's had to, that you... if the two teams ended out tied, that the Bulls would lose that tie. I thought the media oh. in Chicago did a very poor job of notifying uh, the Bull fans. Uh, I disagree. And every story I saw at the end of it would say, that the, the well, maybe it was more NBA.com, national media. It's, it would say mm-hmm. the, the Raptors own the tiebreaker. Okay. They, they had won the first two regardless right. of what the Bulls did. You're, you're much more into it. I'm a little bit more peripheral. I, I'm very into it, and I find that yes. a lot of people aren't. I have to remind friends yeah. that tonight's, you know, the, the season's online. Yeah. Now, their argument might be they're playing to earn the right to lose in four or five games to Cleveland. But I think it's very, very important not to go backwards. And to make the playoffs. You I've broken down the uh, Cleveland Cavalier Bull matchup uh, player by player. I got the Bulls in six. <laughs> well, yep. you're, you're about the only one who has the Bulls in anything. Yeah, <laughs> I went through the whole analysis yesterday. Bulls in six. I'll tell you how that happens after the Bulls beat Charlotte tonight. Right. Well, make it quick because it could be Cavs in four. But <laughs> tonight, <Make sure. laughs> tonight's a big game. I, what I've been looking at is what they have to play for. Last night, Boston was still in contention for the three seed. Mm-hmm. They beat them. They're not anymore. Tonight, I, I went on I went on NBA.com to, to read the preview. The Bobcats have secured the seven seed. That's good news. No incentive. You cannot go any higher in mm-hmm. seeding. Hopefully, Gerald Wallace will you know will be resting. Hopefully, Stephen Jackson will be Boris re- Jump. Yeah. Hope, hopefully, uh, you know some of their guys. I don't know how Larry Brown does that. I just know that in the NBA these days, that's mm-hmm. a big trend that Marv that Sager reported on last night. 
that Stern's going to address in the Board of Governors, resting LeBron for five games, resting Kobe for two games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got fans that are paying. You've got blowouts happening at home, Cleveland losing by 10 at home to Indiana. So um, they have to win tonight. I don't want to count on Toronto losing to New York at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Knicks are not a good team. Toronto's playing at home. They're inspired. Obviously, no Chris Bosh. So Larry Brown, the uh, Charlotte uh, Bobcats, right? Yeah. Charlotte Bobcats coach, of it's course, he- now owned by a man known as Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yeah, but- he has stated that if the game meant something, he will play the starters. If it didn't, then he was going to rotate, rest his starters, and not play too many minutes for his key players, but he's on record for saying if the game means something, he owes it to the game, and I kind of agree with that philosophy. It means something either way to either yeah, team, right? And, and it clearly right. does. I thought you were going to say if it means something, no, his I'm owner, sorry, yeah. his, no, I thought it you means say, something to his team. I thought you were going to say if it means something, his owner will play. His own, the owner is. I thought you were going to say if it means something, Michael Jordan, we will play. Michael Jordan a no. little bit, uh, which <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone wants to see that. Yeah, they could do worse than that, too. Yeah, but, uh, I, that, that might be good for the Bulls, the way, you know, if Jordan played. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's another guy, by the way, Michael Jordan, who's, when his career ended, similar to Johnny Paxson, who, in the public eye, is anyways li- headed Little by down. little, the, the, the yeah. Hall of Fame speech, brutal. Which, which, which was just, just so much venom, and then came, recently, there was a, it was a kind of a small story, they, they said uh, that Tiger Woods... They kind of attributed what happened to Barkley and Jordan being confidants of Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys that pulled them inside and said, listen, this is how you live when, yeah. when, when you're this big. You, yeah. you live hard. You play hard. You know, gambling, women, money. And, and that doesn't look. But I don't think any educated Bulls fan thinks Jordan is a saint or was a saint. Well, not was a saint, but I used to respect him. I, I always used to say with as much publicity as he gets when he was at the you know top of his game for 10 years and maybe the most noticeable athlete in the in world, the world. Yeah. i mean that's pretty big stuff i always thought he handled himself pretty well but i'm starting to find out the character behind the image not good and the character is what lies within that's what really counts and uh, it's it's uh, apparently the reality but it's a little upsetting that he was not as cool a guy as I thought he was. In yeah, fact, he could be pretty much obnoxious. I think people, if they didn't, while he was playing, they're starting to question his values. Yes. Maybe not a guy you want to look up to, have kids look up to. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously a, a, you know, notable gambler. You know, always got a cigar in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Women, whatever. There's been rumors, you know, he got divorced now. So, I mean, you can't really fault him for anything he's doing now. But a lot of people, I don't think it's, I think it's a stretch to attribute what trash talking, treating the younger players, uh, you know, and, and, making them earn their keep instead of, you know, welcoming them into the team, that kind of crap. Well, that, that you, that people wrote off as motivation. I'm yeah. making you better. When yeah. I punch Steve Kerr in the face yeah. in practice, well, I'm making you, I'm making you better. I used to write that out to motivation. As I look back at it now with the Hall of Fame speech and some of the stuff you just mentioned, it's no longer motivation. It's just obnoxious ego. And the speech, How's that? the speech. I don't know. I mean, I like a guy that's competitive as much as the next person, but yeah. that was just over the top. I mean, just mm-hmm. constant bringing up, you know, his high school coach. I mean, these these, these people are in their seventies, probably sitting there saying, yeah. I, "How am I supposed to know? I'm not Nostradamus. I, I can't. We make a mistake. We put a kid on the varsity. Should should have been mm-hmm. cut. We put we we don't put a kid on the varsity. And then every every single player yeah. that wronged him. I mean, the, it was equal opportunity fired on everybody. Yeah, and then Byron Russell, and you know, and this, you know, I mean. <laughs> It was almost like Saturday Night Live comical. Right. Like like Byron Russell is sitting there saying, I never said I'm the same type of player you are. I mean, yeah. what am I? I'm, I'm not an idiot. I know we're in different calibers. Uh-huh. You know, I mean. He didn't fire on his wife Juanita, I hope. 
No, he didn't. You know, you didn't even mention. You barely even mentioned his ah, kid. Oh no, on. he did. He did mention his kids. He goes, "Don't think I can't still beat him." And he was dead serious. I don't care if my kids playing at U of I, mm-hmm. Central Florida. I can still beat him, and I mean that. And he, you know, his kids are probably thinking, oh, "This guy's such a jerk." What about a little mention for Juanita, who stood by and through uh, thick and thin, and apparently most of it was thin. Yeah, but she's old. She's old now. Right. Well, at any rate, Bulls got a big game tonight. They got to beat Charlotte or hope that the New York Knicks are able to. Uh, Defeat Toronto, which is not impossible because yeah, I want to see two home play. I want to see two home playoff games. I, 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 everyone was into the atmosphere last year when they played the Celtics. It's going to be, I think, just as electric with with the Cavs coming in town. Do they have a viable chance? I can't make an argument for it. I mean, you go up and down the roster. I mean, LeBron's going to be healthy. I, you know, he's going to be rested. But I think it's important not to go back. You have young, impressionable guys that sooner or later, in about a year, are coming up for renewal. And you don't want people in their ears saying, ah, they're, 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 you know, they're not going in the right direction. They didn't make the playoffs. You have to make the playoffs. You don't have to beat Cleveland. You're not going to beat Cleveland. You just, you make the playoffs. You lose, you lose in five games and, you know, that's it. You go into next year on a high. Triple eight, four, six, three, six, seven, four, eight, Chicago Bull fans. Danny Sternfield, the young and, uh, intense one calling it the Biggest game of the season. Hard to argue with that. It's the last, and they have to win to make the playoffs. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. If you want to check in, you can email us at mike two guys at aol dot com. By the way, with all the other stuff out of the way, let us mention that Derek Rose, the second year kid for the Chicago Bulls, was unbelievable last night. Thirty nine points, many Danny of the spectacular fashion. Career high for him, and also I think, and it's you know, I mean, he's just kind of. He's hot and cold, so last night was great to see him have a big game in such an important game. Mm-hmm. Heinrich was amazing. Yep. Heinrich had, uh, I don't know, did he have 30? Heinrich was Scotty Pippen to Derek Rose's Michael Jordan. Heinrich and, and 30 I, points for Kirk. I have a constant argument with, with a friend who just doesn't see any value in Heinrich. And I tell him, you know, I, I want the Bulls to keep him because he's far and away the best on the ball defender or defender in general on the Bulls. Yes. He's second team all, all NBA defensive team. At the end of the game last year against the Celtics, who was the one that, when Paul Pierce missed, forced that miss? Who was the one at the end of that Cleveland game at home that forced a very hot Mo Williams mm-hmm. into missing? You, you, you can't undervalue that in, in the NBA. Guys that can stay in front of guards. Guys that can get it, you know, body them and get physical. And Heinrich is just such a tenacious defender. It was good to see him have a good offensive game last night. I think he's a, I think he's a valuable asset to the Bulls. He's not Noah and Rose, but you're right. Rose, career high last night, you know, Ooh. just a fantastic game in his biggest game. You could just tell the, the way he went about it. The floaters, well, I mean, he had a move with left mm-hmm. hand. He had a, he had a reverse dunk when, when Rasheed Wallace just gave up, who's just a waste of space, you know, now, uh, <laughs> Bill Simmons wrote a huge article on him just breaking down. Like he's just, he's just become such, he's just a waste. I mean, his, his numbers, everything, his shape, his conditioning. Anyway, <laughs> Rose, he just gave up on a play and Rose had a, had a, I think a, a Pippin-esque reverse dunk. He went left-handed, as I mentioned, over Garnett. He had two floaters. I mean, he and was. And he hit. Outside shots. Yeah. Because the scouting report on Derrick Rose, you don't have to be a uh, a uh, same thing brain with Ron- surgeon to, to guard Derrick Rose. You play off him. Same you way. You take they- away his drive. He starts hitting the outside shot. He is unguardable. Same same way they play Rondo. Same yeah. way people play Rondo. They back up ten feet. They, you know, mm-hmm. we know the book on you, but and again, you you have to. You've seen Rose's outside shot improve, like Jordan's did. You have to credit mm-hmm. the coaching staff. I mean, they're the ones that are working with him to to improve his. Maybe it's not Del Negro. It's probably Pete Myers, you know, or Lindsey Hunter, or or an assistant that's shooting, putting up 500 jump shots a day. But you you, you have to give credit to Del Negro for the development because mm-hmm. in two years, the Bulls are going to be 
as we say, where they want to be, you know, and, and, and I think Del Negro won't be at the helm, but nonetheless, um, it's a uh, interesting quandary too. The better Derek Rose gets, let me pick your basketball brain here, Danny Sternfield. And the more the ball was in his hands, the more it becomes dribble, dribble, dribble. Everybody stand around. Let's wait for Derek Rose to create. And I would argue after watching the Bulls over the years and basketball in general, teams are best when they move the basketball. Vinny Del Negro has talked about that. So now you got a quandary. If you got your star player who's becoming, you know, one of the top five, top ten, not there yet, but he's, he's on the cusp. Sure. And you want him to make things happen. So you got the ball in Derrick Rose's hand. On the other hand, there were a lot of times yesterday, now it worked out yesterday, that the rest of the Bulls were just standing around, and I would argue they're best when they move the ball. Pass, 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 cut, pass. So how do you deal with that uh, almost double-sorted quantity? Well, it, it, it goes both ways. One, you're right. Del Negro's constantly referencing sharing the ball. Yeah. We're sharing the ball. We're sharing the ball. You watched the game last night. They're running high pick and roll, which every NBA team does. You know, they're 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 starting with you know guards on the block. They're 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 switching. You know, Miller's involved, Noah's involved. I mean, you could just tell there's a there's a higher energy level. They're moving the ball and they're moving without the ball. On the other end, teams that you know, one team that doesn't move the ball a lot or has been criticized is a team that has Kobe or Carmelo. So the good news is you're sharing the ball. The bad news is you have to share the ball because you don't have somebody that can take over. I mean, when you have a Kobe or a Carmelo or a LeBron James, I mean, yeah, four guys sit around and watch LeBron James. But is that a bad thing? That's the best way. That's the best way to win. LeBron James passed to Danielle Marshall his first year in the league for an open three. He missed it. He got criticized. And then I think he realized, I'm better taking a shot draped on by two guys versus mm-hmm. kicking it out to an open, you know, a Delonte West. So it's good news that you share the ball. But I think it also says that your team is lacking a true go-to guy. Now you'll see the Bulls often mix it up and they'll just they'll just Rose will cross half court, back up, change speeds like which is why it makes him so devastating cuz he cuz he and he'll just guys will get out of the way and they'll say, you know, go around him cuz he can go around anyone and then he'll make things happen. So, it's good that you share the ball with a team that lacks a, I mean, listen, the Bulls lack a, a superstar of Kobe's caliber. They can't Del Negro says that we can't afford to have off, off nights. We we can't afford. Some teams can afford not to bring, you know, top effort and still get away with it. They got a superstar that's going to put in 40. So, yes, it's good they share the ball. They're better that way. But it, you, you also need to have times where you don't share the ball. Mm-hmm. This is why you get, this is, this, make your money. This is why you're the, one of the top 10 players in the league. Go get fouled, score. Paul Pierce, you know, Kobe, Carmel. So. There it is. NBA insider Danny Sturdfield joining us. So we're not sure how he got on the inside. I think he snuck his way in, but somehow he is there breaking down your Chicago Bulls. And if they lose tonight, he might just be breaking down tomorrow. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Great job, Danny. We'll talk some baseball and some other stories when we come back. Again, the phone lines are open at 888-463-6748. It's two guys and a mic at thetalkzone.com back in about 43.5 seconds.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Right back on TalkZone.com, Two Guys and a Mic. Danny Sturfield sitting in today. It's been a long time since we had the young and the restless one in the studios here, and uh, we much appreciate that. Talk some basketball, broke down the NBA and the Chicago Bulls in segment number one. Uh, baseball also in the limelight, Danny Sternfield, our very own Chicago Cubs with a day off yesterday. Actually, the White Sox played yesterday, but apparently they took the day off too. A youngster known as Ricky Romero had a no-hitter going into the eighth inning. White Sox lose yet again. Not a good start for the White Sox. The small ball of Ozzie Guillen, so far the hitting has been very small. The hitting has been poor, but I think that was somewhat expected. That was the issue. A lot of people felt this lineup that Guillen and Williams pushed for, or more so Guillen, would, the issue was it's not going to hit. So it's Guillen's on the hook for this. The pitching, you'll never see Jake Peavy have as bad a game as he did. He's not going to give up seven runs again this season. It was his worst outing in three years. He did have a poor outing the first, not as bad, but the first, <laughs> the, the, the first game out too. So he's not off to a great start, but he's too good to, to continue to be this bad. Um, but the Sounds hitting like is, a country song. Yeah, the, the hitting has been, like you said, it's been awful. I mean, you got guys hitting in the 100s, you got Beckham in the, mm-hmm. you know, guys hitting in the low 200s. Rios looks like he's breaking out. Maybe he was, he was motivated, you know, a little more being in Toronto. He hit a home run last night that broke up the no hitter. They lost 4-2. Um, Beckham's starting to come around. I don't think anyone doubts that he'll be there in the end. Tehan had a, you know, I mean, he's starting to come around. He was an acquisition that a lot of people question he had that home run in the first game in toronto that tied it in the ninth they went on to win that game so i mean listen it, it it's at the risk of sounding really cliche it's early you know it, it or you know it's it's just early it's 10 games in the season tell us a little bit uh ronnie santo but uh toronto pitcher ricky romero he looked awfully good 14 strikeouts and he had a no hitter going into the eighth inning apparently he was a pretty high draft choice yeah he he was absolutely baffling the Sox. if you were watching the game they had no answer i mean they were swinging at pitches in the dirt all sort you know changing speeds all over the place but he's got the hollywood name didn't he ricky romero yeah uh and it was good you know it's, for him it's probably was a thrill he was upset when he gave up that you know cuz you mm-hmm. know it like it always happens you lose a no hitter you lose the shutout you didn't lose the game mm-hmm. you know but uh I, I think I think they need to split at least in Toronto. Then I think they go to Cleveland. Um, I, I just think it's it's so early. There's just not a lot of stories, so media is just kind of has to write about something, and that's mm-hmm. expected and understandable. So they try to conjure things, but it's you know Soriano is a big story now. He's a six inning man. He's not playing. You know he's he, he's a bust. I mean I don't think he's any more. Did of a I bu- hear uh, driving along? Did I hear Lou Piniella with a uh, comment saying Soriano is not a team guy? I I don't know. I I I just have heard that okay. you know he's a he's a he, he's a bust. He's no more of a bust than he was last year. You 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 knew you overpaid for him. You know what you have in him. You know he he's not the guy he was with um was it Washington? What used to be Washington? Well, it was at the Yankees originally. Right, the, then, Yan- uh, the, the Yankees. Well, he went somewhere between the Yankees and the Cubs. Uh, maybe Washington. Maybe Washington United team then. Mm-hmm. Um, but he you know he he's he's not the player that you know he was with the Yankees. He's not the second baseman anymore. You know, he's not the leadoff guy anymore. So He's not a 40-steel man anymore. No. He We're is, hoping for 20. He is what he is. The, 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 the money's committed. Now, you cannot play him. I admire that. If You know, you don't you, you put out your team that has, gives you the best chance to win. If he's not part of that, then you don't play him. But I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's early. I don't think it's – I think the Sox pitching 
is too good to, to 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 keep them too much below 500. I mean, top five that's as good a that's as good a rotation arguably in the AL. Danks and Floyd, Burley, Burley's doing what Burley does already. You know, he's not going to win 30 games. Just like Peavy's not going to give up seven runs a game. And then, I mean, Peavy and Burley and Danks and Floyd and Garcia mm-hmm. as a number five who look great. Now they've got to stay healthy, but I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's early. I think the pitching on the south side is too strong to keep them, uh, you know, at the bottom of the division. And as far as the Cubs go, I'm, I'm not a Cubs fan, but I mean, I, you know, I, th- I think they have a team. They're going to have the team that people expected. They're not as good as St. Louis, but, you know, they're not as bad as Pittsburgh. Cubs are uh, back in action after a big opening day win against Milwaukee. Dave Bush pitching against Randy Wells today. I see if they can, I think if they win, they even their record up at 500. But, uh, you can get out to Wrigley Field, Danny. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but check out the new, some of anyways, the new amenities out at Wrigley Field. Yeah, I read that uh, you just just stand what new menu items and they, the Captain Morgan's Club is not is not new and they've got mm-hmm. I don't know new new I don't get much out to Wrigley Field I just don't I, as a I, as a well respected and I use that in the loosest sense of the term well respected Chicago sports reporter you do not get out to Wrigley I just I'm very indifferent shocked and dismayed I'm very indifferent to the Cubs I you know I I just they, just indifferent is the best word although given given my druthers I'd probably choose that they lose, but now after 05, I feel like every Sox fan just kind of rests a little bit easy, and <laughs> you know they, they they know that we got there first, but uh, so I I don't get out to really I enjoy going to Sox games, you know I mean the scenery for obvious reasons you know may sometimes a little bit better at Wrigley Field, um, but I don't know just sitting through a whole Cubs game I just I lose interest, unless it's an important game. By the way, before I forget, I know you've uh, got a number. You're sort of like Joel in the sense that you've got like 16,000 different jobs, which I can't keep track of. But is there uh, a email or is there a blog you've got out now if our listeners uh, might be fascinated by the artwork of a Danny Sternfield mm-hmm. on today's show, they could follow up and get some more info info from a D Sternfield? There's no artwork. I can promise you that. I, I, I'm not uh, don't kid yourself. artistically inclined. No, you can just email me. Well, I was using artwork. To paint a larger picture. Oh, of, yes. of just work in general. Yes. Uh, nothing, nothing specific I've, and, uh, no blog, but you really? can, you can, uh, Because you've the, done, I know you've done some writing in the past. Yeah, I, I occasional you stuff. You were a semi-respected writer at one point. Yeah, the key word <laughs> being semi. Uh, so, but, you know, I do that here and there, but mm-hmm. nothing in particular. You can, you can email the show. What is it? Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. Mike, two guys at AOL.com right. and just continue to be impressed by the operation they have here. Oh yeah, very very without professional. getting into, without getting into detail, it, it, you know, one perhaps could argue is a little bit it's a little bit more polished than places you've done the show out of before. Oh, absolutely. It, it, Talkzone.com it, studios are a beautifully kept engineerically uh, supreme and professionally organized what we're doing here. I have no idea, but we appreciate the uh, the logistics. Yeah, I mean, you got flat screens, you got computers, you got mm-hmm. our email up. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it's top notch. And for the female fans out there, I remember uh, three months ago when we mentioned it, uh, you were single and still eligible. Hopefully for the female fans watching, that is still the case. But, uh, Danny, your social situation as we currently stand. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. As we sit. Si- as we currently sit. <laughs> single. Uh, still eligible. As you, still eligible. It's unbelievable. Three months have gone by. Yeah, not that not that nothing's happened in that three right. months, but I'm but still, you're still eligible. All right, it's you nice can do the math on nice that. Nice to know some things never change. Ladies, ladies, Mike, two guys at AOL.com if you are interested in sports or 
Just interested. Mike, two guys, M-I-C and the number two. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Other baseball action from yesterday, a pretty good game in Detroit. Kansas City had a 5 nothing lead. Tigers came back six runs in the seventh inning and beat uh, Kansas City 6-5, to five, Danny. Detroit uh, leading, I think, right now. The American League Central. Yeah, they, 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 all the teams I feel like are in it, especially in the Central, just because mm-hmm. it's so early. Cleveland, Minnesota is going to be there at the end. I think that they showed that in their trip to Chicago, that they are a real tough out. You know, I mean, the, the Sox had to scrap and claw to get one win from them. Different Minnesota team, but different, but nevertheless very effective. Tampa Bay knocked off Baltimore, eight to six, tenth inning homer, Carlos Pena. Jack's a three run homer out in the Baltimore Orioles. Look like they are descending into a yet another dismal season. I feel bad because, to me, baseball's good when the Baltimore Orioles are good. I don't know about that, but I mean, I don't know. I've gotten accustomed to just seeing, seeing, uh, you know, seeing those teams like that who have been poor for so many years, like the Pirates, the Royals. It's so hard to 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 believe when you read a preview that this is the year when the Pirates don't have a losing season, or this is the year that. When the Royals contend, they contended for about two months a couple years ago. People were, mm-hmm. when I think Tony Pena was managing, and people were just all up in arms and excited. But it's just you know, baseball's a game of averages and reversion of the mean. And for those teams, the mean has been below mean. average, right? Has been just yeah, mm-hmm. unfavorable mean. All right, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. And D Sternfield and the coach, two guys at a mic every Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning until 11. Make sure you check it out, and our fan page is available as well at guy, uh, two guysmike.com. All the shows are archived there. Danny, if any of your friends, family, or uh, relatives or enemies missed the show today, they can check out the archive and hear your analysis of the Chicago Bulls. On our archive page. That's right. Twoguysmike.com, right? Twoguysmike.com. Out to the phone lines we go. Checking in. Line number 38. It's caller Noah checking in. Noah, how are you? Yeah, this is Noah's free throw arc, fellas. And uh, I got to be quite honest. I, I like your baseball breakdown, but I wanted to talk to some Chicago Bulls again. I didn't get a chance to call earlier. And uh, Noah's. I'm still trying to get the Noah's free, free throw, throw arc. I, I, I'm with I you. Think I, I, I think I got if it. If you watched the game last night or you watched him take any jump shot or free throw, mm-hmm. you know that that arc is unlike any other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really not much of an arc, fellas. Right. But no. as much as I'm against like violence in, you know, amongst teams, and as much as I like camaraderie, and as much as the fact that the general manager or vice president or whatever the heck John Passon's calling himself, you know, you should set an example. Uh, Vinny Del Negro did need to be pushed around a little bit. I mean, it, I, I don't want to be, like, you know, contradicting myself here, but every Bulls fan's been wanting to do it for about a year and three quarters now. Why? It, it, do, you, do you think he If needs... I were Vinny Del Negro, I think he should be punching back at some fan. I think that would be more understandable. I think the guy's got a bad rap. He's done nothing. But... uh Stay on the straight and narrow. He hasn't brought himself down to criticize people against all the criticism. Uh, he's kept the team pretty competent. Ten-game losing streak. They went through a ten-game losing streak when everybody was injured. Uh, Noah's free throw arc. And they have turned it around, got a chance of making the playoff. I think I disagree with you. I think Vinny should have been the one punching somebody out. Possibly you, Noah. Unless you think, Noah, that he should have been, and this is what I think, he should have been reprimanded for disobeying oh, clear orders from management. No, he should have been. What I mean, he, a fourth grader? In any, in any organization, you were given a directive. Play him 25 minutes. You disobeyed it. You played him 27 minutes and five seconds. You were asked to do something. You didn't do it. You were asked to follow instructions. You didn't do it. For that, he should have been reprimanded. Not touched and not harassed physically, but he should have been reprimanded.
You know, I, I agree. He really didn't need to be pushed. All that. that is, it's ridiculous. I, I was just kidding around about saying all Bulls fans wanted to do it. You, you are the vice president. You should set an example for everybody to follow. Mm-hmm. But you know, Paxton has put Del Negro in a really bad situation. Now he's supposed to follow him. You know, twenty four, twenty five minutes, no more than that. But if you put him on the court with plantar fasciitis for one minute, he's risking being injured. So what difference does it make if he played one? Or 40. Wow, I see that, but don't you think that the Bulls, with all their doctors, I mean, they've, they've looked at his condition, he's gotten probably second, third opinions, they have this down to a science. They have, st- you know, statistics and, and likelihood of if you play 25 minutes a game, which really is about 48 minutes, whatever, real time, because you're on the court, if you play 25 minutes, you it's an X percent chance of, of the condition not flaring up or not not worsening. If you play 26 and a half, then we're getting into a higher percent of, of chances. So with that in mind, don't you think that, you know, I don't know, I think the bottom line is you were told to do something by your boss. You were, well, told, you were told to play him X amount of minutes. You played him X plus two. You just, you know, you, you're not following instruction. I'm your boss. Well, okay, so he should have followed orders without question. Well, but Paxton was trying to paint him into a corner where he gave him a reason to fire him. And now Benny Del Negro may end up losing his job at the end of the year, but you know what? Paxton, without... He should have just told him to do it, not shoved him or anything, and not because Paxton's going to lose his job. So the Bulls are going to get a new vice president, and Paxton will be out at the end of the year because of this. See, you I give don't... a guy an ultimatum that is almost impossible. You know, you, you you can tell him watch the minutes, but really, he goes two minutes over, and now he's risking losing his job over it? That, that's fair. You, you I, I see your point. Most coaches, any other coach that maybe is not a rookie coach, would not accept an ultimatum. You know, you're down there coaching the game. You're coaching to win the game. So I see what Del Negro's point. I don't think Paxson's getting fired at the end of the season for this. I read David Haas said, you know, wrote he had built he's built up enough goodwill with the organization. He's very tight with Reinsdorf. He's loyal. That this is they're willing to see this as kind of a an anomaly as as a you know as a one time instance. So I don't think he's getting fired, but I see what you're saying. Del Negro's down there coaching to win the game. If he plays an extra one and a half minutes and they win the game and they make the playoffs, you know, he's got he's got a defense. But what if he plays an extra two minutes and Noah's condition, you know, flares up and now we don't see him till next January? Listen, it, it could go both ways. I mean, uh, you guys are you guys are experts. Did you guys know of this time constraint on Noah going into the game? Yeah, going into this. Yeah, they, they it's been reported. They haven't gotten into specific minutes, but for a while now they've had him on a very strict minute limit. Now it's come out now that the minute limit for the games in question were 25. Noah played 27 minutes and five seconds. So you know you 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 be the judge. He played two minutes and five seconds more, but that's really an actual like probably 10 minutes of of you know of, of time on the floor. I mean. Listen, I, I was upset back in the day, uh, uh, caller Noah free throw arc, when they put a minute limit on Granville Waiters this time. I thought that was a disjustice to Granville. Yeah, that and his that wasn't because of an injury. They just didn't right. want him playing more right. than he ten was minutes. So bad, yeah. Right. First round draft. Everybody was like, yeah, but the problem was his backup was Juwan Oldham. Okay, <laughs> you got one guy with no hair and a guy, that, another guy with the size of an Adam apple, looked like a, an arrow coming out of his neck. <laughs> and, you, and somehow you got to split forty-eight minutes between the two of them. That's not an easy coaching Spe- job. Speaking of Noah's free throw arc, <laughs> Noah's free throw arc, or speaking of Noah's shooting side spin, you know, say what you want about that form, and it's it's not Oof. aesthetically pleasing. But no. I'll tell you, I've seen him knock down, and Del Negro said mm-hmm. he's improved his elbow jumper. And when that's when that when he can knock that down, forty five percent of the time, you know, two or three in a game, that makes people guard him up. That makes yeah, him, you know, it, it absolutely does. It helps spread the, the yeah floor a yeah. Bit. That's huge. I mean, listen. I just, I mean, Coach and I were talking right before the show. I cannot, 
I, I admit it. I thought Noah was an energy guy. I thought he was a guy, another guy we drafted that you do not have to guard on offense in the mold of Ben Wallace and Dennis Rodman that can rebound, but not a score. And he has just been, I mean, he's exceeded. And also a uh, good vision, a very underrated passer. Yeah, but, and he showed his ball handling. I think he tried to be Shaq. He, he took kind of free throw line to free throw line a couple times last night. And, mm-hmm. but, but for the most part, he gets that rebound. He looks outlet. He looks to run. He looks to get to a guard. He's smart. He's finishes well. I mean, and like he has energy in a way that I always thought it was kind of a cliche. Uh, he's an energy guy. Well, you know what? I'd rather have the 12 and 10 guy than the guy with the energy. You know, I mean, so, but his energy, I mean, he is absolutely, he's at the rim on every play. Every play, he's offensively and defensively rim. I mean, the tip-ins, you know, and he just, he's pushing people around. He's, you know, he's challenging Garnett. I, I, I was, you know, I mean, he, I think he exceeded everyone's expectations. Everyone. People did not think he was going to be this good. Well, uh, coach has said it from day one that he thought he was a championship caliber starting center <laughs> and that, like, and could do the things that could help a team win a championship. Hey, I love the breakdown, guys. You're really good. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Noah, don't forget tomorrow's uh, tax day. Uh, don't forget uh, early withdrawal if you can. <laughs> I, they have bills for that, Coach. Thank you, Noah. Apparently Noah's already uh, sent his taxes in. Have you filed for the for for, for uh, salary for this show? I've filed for many things, uh, but uh, tax is not one of them, or a refund is not one of them. Yeah, uh, but filing for this show oh, was, for this show was easy. Well, I don't know. I don't. You know, mm-hmm. uh, producer David Olson and uh, our general manager, uh, the commander in chief Chris Whitting, I'm sure take care of all of that. Hopefully, I will not get arrested in the near future. I'm just a bit player here. What can I tell you? Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, all right, Danny Sternfield and the coach with you up until. 11 o'clock, and our phone number, 888-463-6748. Noah drops off the line and leaves eight other lines open. Hate when that happens. So phone lines are open. If you want to get in, you could do so. Again, our email is mike2guys at aol.com. By the way, another uh, baseball news yesterday, Seattle knocked off uh, Oakland 3 to nothing. I mentioned that game because a three-run homer in the eighth inning by a gentleman known as Milton Bradley, who was hitting 111, Danny, but uh, the much maligned Milton Bradley Jacks went out to win a game. This guy is like a reality show waiting to happen. I've never seen such a fixation by the public and the media on <laughs> one guy who's a who had really one good season that I could remember. I mean, people are just fascinated. Now he's he said he said I, I'm the Ron Artest, I'm the Ocho Cinco. Baseball needs one. I'm the guy that everyone wants to look at and says there he goes. We don't like him so. Maybe he's embracing it, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, people just make such a big deal. He just—he was here for one year. Mm-hmm. Even in Chicago, we're still following him. So, but a good game yesterday with the three-run homer. More yeah. games like that, and people will start to talk about Milton Bradley for and, the right reasons. Right, just playing baseball yeah. and playing well. Yeah, because the guy is a pretty good hitter when he puts his mind to it. Uh, other action yesterday. Uh, other little news and notes, titillating tidbits. There is a note out there you can confirm and/or deny, Mr. Sternfield. Jerry Rice. The Hall of Famer, what many call the best professional football player of all time at any position, says he's going to make a legit run at the PGA Golfing Tour. I have not heard that, but he wouldn't be the first athlete to do it. I mean, I feel like Jordan has talked about playing on the senior PGA Tour. I I don't think you'll see Barkley out there Mm -hmm. if you've checked out Barkley's swing. Uh, There's some tours that he's going to go on, the Pro Golfers Tour. Not one of them. Not one of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I haven't heard that about Jerry Rice, but mm-hmm. you, you you have to think. I mean, if he's if he's coming out and saying it, he's probably pretty skilled to begin with. Yeah, you would not question if you know the uh, quiet intensity and quiet competitiveness 
of Jerry Rice, you would not question yeah, his but potential to do that's so. That's the cliche response. I mean, but golf is, <laughs> these guys have been playing their whole life. Mm-hmm. He's now he wants to compete with, with Fred Couples as a yeah. senior PGA player, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Mark O'Meara. I mean, these guys are, you know. I think what happens is he will find, as you do, a bowling would be a similar sport where if you play it a lot, if you play it a lot, it's very easy to get your score way up in bowling and, and, or in golf way down. And it's easy to think that you're on that level when you say, I bowl just like him. I, I you know, I, I approach the ball just like him. I, mm-hmm. you know, I hit the, I hit my irons just like him. It's easy to kind of have a little bit of a false sense of security. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting that level. Maybe I can, you know, I mean, I played high school in, 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 I played baseball in high school. My name's Michael Jordan. I can, I can rip a curveball. My dad used to tell me, well, maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not as good as I thought. You know, fast forward to to to. Well, and I think a guy like Jerry Rice, or uh, even an average person like us, if, if we were to again, I use bowling as an example. If you take it up full time, you could rapidly get to a certain score and get to a certain level. Okay, but then all of a sudden it starts leveling off. Right. In other words, if you're a golfer, a Jerry Rice, you could get down to that 77, 76, 75, and occasionally a 71 or 72. But now the pros. Get it down to that next level, and I think what you find out is that next level, even though it's small, to consistently hit it, that's where it gets really, and, really and to tough. stay at it. You got to stay at. Yes. You got to. You got to average two sixty right. in bowling. You know, yes. you can't just one time I bowled the two eighty seven at, at at Brunswick and Deerfield. Well, that was one game. Mm-hmm. The pros are averaging. You know, I mean, averaging a certain standard. You know, throughout. So highlight. It was actually the highlight and the low light of my bowling career. Producer uh, extraordinaire David Olson, are you a bowler at all? Kumsi Kumsa? No, I am not. You are not. I haven't bowled in at least 10 years. Very disappointing to hear. How was loss last night, by the way, at a scale of 1 to 10? It was about a 7. 7? Uh, That's the way. He, he was looking forward to loss. I was looking forward to Glee. The beginning of the second season, Glee was also a 7. In the words of my teenage son, it got a little bit cheesy. I don't watch Glee, but I'm a big fan of the older actress. Her name escapes me. She was in... Um, forty-year-old virgin. Oh, uh, Jane Lynch. She was oh, in role she's, models. She's, she's, she's hysterical. Steals I, every scene that she's in. I, I don't watch Glee. I watch Lost. I DVR'd. I haven't watched this mm-hmm. season. I watched the first couple episodes. I heard somebody who watches it regularly describe it and say, "Listen, I, I have to watch the rest of it because I'm invested, but I just want it to be over." <laughs> because, but of course, you have to keep, you, you have to keep watching That's it. That's actually a good you're, description. You're a fan, but I'm just. I, I, I'm ready for it to be over. Of course, I would never not watch. I'm invested five seasons, you know. But uh, you're like you're like on the hook, and they're reeling you. But but you you love it. Yeah, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. See, so you're you're a uh, cerebral. Yeah, thank you. A cerebral. T- it, it, it's one of the rare television shows that gets inside and stimulates the brain mechanisms of a David Olsen. But right, I was, right, and you have to remember everything that's happened previously, and you right. know, there are little hidden See, Easter when I, eggs. And, when I watch TV, I'm looking for de-stimulation. Mindless entertainment is what you want. Yeah. Just relax. But I was talking about loss <laughs> last night with somebody and how it's confusing, and I said, I'm confused a little bit like everyone after I watch an episode. I don't rewatch it. I don't go on the Internet. I just, I'm comfortable knowing I'm confused a little bit. I'm comfortable knowing also other people are confused. I'm a fairly smart guy, as are you, as is our producer, and 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 I mean it it it, it reminds me of Dennis Miller. You know Dennis Miller. Absolutely. Dennis Miller's humor is beyond obscure. The references he's referencing Victorian, Shakespearean. He's just political. And, and I walk away and I say, you know, I gotta admit, I didn't get thirty percent of your jokes, and I know other people didn't either. 
So you, you know, that's on you. I mean, if, if like the masses, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I don't, I don't sweat being confused at loss, but, mm-hmm. uh, other shows I enjoy a lot more. The Office, and I, and I watch a fair amount of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Miller, by the way, you mentioned him, and we were talking about John Paxson, who's in the center of the controversy with the Chicago Bulls now, how he went from spirited, smiling, likable, enthusiastic, and then he be, as, as a player and as an announcer for the Bulls. And as a general manager, became old, very unlikable, very dispirited, very wrapped up tight, and unenth- almost everything he was not as a player. He's become Dennis Miller, the ex-comedian. I would argue that very same thing has happened with him. He used to be so funny, so likable, so um, against the establishment, and now he's pro-establishment. He's gone from one. He's gone from like. Ultra liberal to like ultra conservative, right? Right. Changed his political views and just his whole humor. I don't, I don't like it. I, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not a huge, I used to like I'm not a huge Stephen Colbert, you know, and, and, and even John Stewart. I just, they, 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 they outsmart themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to be too, you're, you're, you're cleverly clever. You know, you're too clever. You know, I mean, John Stewart, I like. Yeah. I mean, funny guys, mm-hmm. you know, um, just. You never know which side on the you know they're well, on. Well, going back to Dennis Miller, yeah. I honestly think he turned that on because there was more money in it. I, I, I would, really, yeah. really do oh, because I'm if sure. you listen, if you listen to his radio show, mm-hmm. it's more like the Dennis Miller that he used to be on HBO. Yes, and you know, it, it, and when he has on political guests, he kind of amps that up. And then when he does his Fox News appearances, yeah. he's as he, far right and, as you can possibly He and Bill go. Riley are a disgusting yuck-yuck fest. Exactly. So I, 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 I firmly believe he he amps up his conservative leadings uh-huh. for the cameras. Yeah, I, I, I think, know, like he said, he, he, does, he goes where the money goes. I mean, if he mm-hmm. can make... More money hosting. What does he host? Air America, or uh, is he still on? No, like... he wasn't on Air America. Air America was the liberal station. Okay, I don't know, but he 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 goes, you know, where, where the masses will will kind of feed him, and and the mm-hmm. money is. Um... Yeah, but the, but that that can only play for so long. I think if you're trying to fake a particular viewpoint, you maybe for a little bit you can get away with that. Eventually, the public is going to see through that, and that's why I think, you know, even starting with the Monday Night Football gig, that was a complete El stinker. You know, you you have to be true to yourself if you're going to be popular on television. Yeah, but you also need to get paid. I mean, these guys want to, you know, I mean, if if they're given a project that's guaranteed money, I mean, how many times do you see actors make incredibly stupid movies? I get a check, you know. Um, another show that's on ABC, in addition to Lost, that's fantastic. I've only watched a couple episodes, but I'm waiting until the DVD comes out. You'll, you'll like it, I feel. Modern Family. Oh. Seen clips of it, and oh. I haven't watched it yet, but I think you're right. It looks, is it Craig, it's Craig smart. T. Nelson in that? No, no, oh, no. That, no, this is with Peter, uh, it, it, the it, guy from the funeral show. No, you're, you're, you're thinking, thinking, you're of, thinking of, parenthood, of Parenthood. Which, oh, I'm which, of parenthood. which I okay. haven't heard great things. Modern Family, Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. Classic. Married to a oh, younger yeah, yeah. woman, then they've got a gay couple. It's abs- okay. It's smart humor. Okay. It's hysterical. I'm a big Ed O'Neill fan. I haven't seen anything without Ed O'Neill that I did not like. Really? With Ed O'Neill. Really? If you're a big, oh, yeah. old, I mean, he's back for the first time on uh-huh. on series T. You know, I mean, Al Bundy, and he's still got a little bit of that, you know, in this in this role. So beautiful. All right, well, D. Sternfield. Now that we've uh, covered tax day and encouraging everybody to turn their taxes in, we've covered the Chicago Bulls both on court and off. A little baseball roundup, up, wrap them up, and we became TV critics. Not bad for 56 minutes and 48 seconds. That was my minute limit. <laughs> beautiful, Danny. We appreciate you coming in. 
Uh, be good out there, and we'll get you back real soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach. Beautiful. D. Sternfield and the coach, two guys at a mic. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock, two-hour show tomorrow. Make sure you tune in. David Olson, great job. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody.